I feel at least for me and I hope for others too, that I'm able to really show up as my whole self at my job. Whereas previously, I certainly had to have a professional Karina and everything else that made Karina had to be left or put behind or shoved in a closet. And I don't think that's so much the case anymore. And that's been a gift, I think, from 2020 and a lot of the changes that we've experienced. Welcome to Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their career through a strong personal brand. Rep Your Brand is hosted by Nick Bennett, one of LinkedIn's top voices on field marketing and personal branding. In each episode, Nick captures stories on how to overcome the challenges marketers face with growing their brand. So if you're a marketer looking to open doors and create opportunities that you never thought were possible, then listen in to get tangible tips and strategies to build your very own personal brand. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their careers through a strong personal brand. I'm Nick Bennett. This podcast is brought to you by my friends at Motion. They're a done-for-you podcasting service for scrappy marketing teams in B2B tech. They're two of the nicest guys around, and the work that they do is truly world-class. You can find them at motionagency.io. And today, I'm super excited. Our guest is someone that I have known for a while, I have talked to. She is an incredible marketer, Karina Owens, Senior ABM Manager at Gong. Karina, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Nick. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Amazing. So let's kind of get into this. You know, I feel like you are someone that, you know, you post on LinkedIn. I love your content. You're getting the engagement. I'm going to ask you a question. What are your thoughts on the term personal brand? It's becoming a, a word that I think we're throwing around and is slowly starting to become tarnished, I think. But what I consider to be personal brand is really just being your authentic self and having no shame and no fear with being that. But definitely it's becoming, I think, synonymous with ABM, the way people are kind of throwing it around negatively. But of course, there's still a ton of positivity around it too. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, I agree with you. And I think it's, I think it's something where you know, you can do it without saying like the the word of doing. It's kind of like, you know, you, everyone's doing ABM, but like you don't have to go around and like shout out from like the rooftops that you're doing ABM because everyone just assumes that you're doing it or can see that you're doing it, right? You know? Yeah, I think I, with all things, assuming positive intent is key. And I think that anybody that is being conscious about what they're putting out into the world with their content and how, you know, they're lifting up others too. I mean, that's personal brand in and of itself. So yeah, you know, I, I think people like to be divisive, but I, I think that there's so much good that's being done in personal branding, especially in B2B. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, you work for Gong, big fan of Gong. I use it every single day, as you know. Do you feel that companies like Gong, like, you know, some of the well-known brands that are out there, hire people with strong personal brands because it will benefit their company at all? You know, I think that that's becoming the trend. I, I think Gong is actually newer to that. I think that there, we have a very rigorous process and I think that the social presence of your personal brand isn't high on the list for Gong personally, but I do think that a lot of companies that are still building their own brand are realizing that the personal brand of their key persona 
matching that to a job applicant is that's kind of a no brainer. So it's definitely much more of a win for the company, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I feel like it was probably in 2020, you know, people start talking about this it was probably because of the pandemic. 2021, more people started talking about it. I was reading something recently in, for 2022 that was saying that it used to be 1% people on LinkedIn used to create content. And now that's trending upward, probably closer to 3 to 4%, which still isn't like a ton. But how important do you think it is for corporate professionals to emphasize building their own brand for the long term? It's everything. I think it's the new physical resume. You know, I think that that's how people are looking to evaluate who you are. I think that's been what I've really enjoyed as the trend is you're now, I feel at least for me and I hope for others too, that I'm able to really show up as my whole self at my job. Whereas previously, I certainly had to have a professional Karina and everything else that made Karina had to be left or put behind or shoved in a closet. And I don't think that's so much the case anymore. And that's been a gift, I think, from 2020 and a lot of the changes that we've experienced. So that makes sense that that tick has gone up because I think, again, LinkedIn viewed it as a virtual professional working environment. So they only showed up as that one aspect of themselves rather than them, their whole selves. Yeah, I, I agree with you there for sure. And it's something, and I'm sure you get this question a lot because I get a lot of younger professionals that will ask me like, hey, like I'm fresh out of college or like I'm just starting off in my career. Like, do I need to wait until I have more experience or credibility to start posting content on LinkedIn? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think, because I feel like everyone has stories, but like, you know, what would you tell someone that is say fresh out of college that wants to do it, but like doesn't know where to begin? You are hitting such a soft spot for me right now, particularly through the lens of uplifting young women. I think that for a long time, we have been taught that we have to wait until somebody else validates us. That's when we have the opportunity to share our experiences, our thoughts or ideas. And I'm so thankful that I don't feel like that's the case anymore for me personally. And that's something that I'm shouting from the rooftops to every young professional, particularly young women, we need their stories, we need their voices, and it's not dependent on somebody externally telling you that you've had X amount of time in SaaS or X amount of experience in, you know, marketing before you can speak up and share your voice. So it's a great trend. I think our generation below us is starting to see more of and something that I'm really trying to shout for really women of all ages. Yeah, I love that. It's so it's so empowering to hear that too, because I feel like when I was in college and just getting out of school, like no one, no one taught me this. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of others were probably in similar situations where it was just like, we weren't blessed with all these people that are helping empower and like pass these words on to others saying that like, it's okay to do things like this. Think of the your younger self, like, where did you even begin? Like, how did you get to where you are today from a creating on LinkedIn, like being an incredible marketer? Like who helped you get to where you are today? Yeah, you know, I didn't have a lot of role models, I think, for this space. And I certainly didn't have a lot of female role models that felt or looked similar to my personal lived experiences. 
And it really meant just putting myself out there. In the beginning, I was really torn down. I didn't have a lot of opportunity to raise myself up, but I just kept trying. I kept trying. I had plenty of naysayers that said, based on my degree, I couldn't get into marketing or based on you know, my connections or lack thereof, that I wouldn't be able to make a name for myself. And I just constantly put my blinders on to the naysayers and just kept going. And it's not easy, but I think I'm really grateful that that's, you know, things like all these different movements and the social platforms that can help amplify the movements that give voices to voices that otherwise have been silenced is really helping people to charge forward and make their own blueprint for what success looks like. And I'm really grateful that I just stuck it out and continue to to stick it out. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that it's something where it's really just kind of like changed. And, and we'll kind of go into the whole TikTok piece after because I know we both got some thoughts there. But, you know, sticking to, to the LinkedIn portion of it right now, let's go back to the the resume piece of never needing a resume again. How do you feel like you get to that point where you don't need a resume again? Because that's another question that I get a lot. Like, yo, how long do I have to post consistently to get to the point where I build up an audience for myself where I don't need that resume? And I'll, I'll let you add some thoughts there first because I have some too, but I'll, I'm interested in hearing like what you think. Yeah, I think I took a different angle initially with LinkedIn where I was a little bit afraid to start posting my own thoughts and ideas. It's crazy how terrifying it really is to really just get in the habit of speaking your mind and hitting publish and then not editing it 10 minutes later because nobody's engaged with it. So that's definitely a slow burn and a a habit that you have to build. It's just like any other, you know, muscle memory. But for me, the way I built up my presence on LinkedIn was really through connecting with people. So For any job I had, I made sure to reach out and connect to them, even though I was largely selling to C-suite in sales or IT or sourcing and procurement, traditionally stuffier professions that didn't really engage in these social platforms the same way. They would have only seen it as a way to apply for a job, you know, then that's changed too. But I did reach out and they would make those connection requests and just offer helpful advice or content as a way to amplify my company's brand, but also to try something that I knew people in those professions weren't typically doing themselves, which was engaging and connecting online. So a lot of what I was doing on LinkedIn was all behind the scenes, all through direct messaging, just reaching out, making that connection, inviting them to events, making sure they were aware of useful content related both to my brand that I was representing, but also related to just the industry. So That grew up my LinkedIn following, I think, quicker than I realized. And then when I did start to post my own content on LinkedIn, it wasn't as if I was kind of starting from scratch because so many people on the platform already knew who I was. They knew my voice. They knew my tone. So that engagement, I think, was I started receiving a lot more than I I think maybe some people do initially when they start posting because I made those connections intentional behind the scenes before I did the in front of the scenes. Yeah, I I agree with you there for sure. It definitely helps. I want to talk about because you work for such a cool company where like you want to promote, say, gongs stuff on LinkedIn. And is there a, a balance on how much Karina talks about 
things Karina cares about versus promoting, say, things about Gong? Like, is there a breakdown that you have, say, like 80-20, 90-10, whatever it is? Or do you just kind of take it week by week? I completely take it week by week. And I'm, I do so in a way that's completely authentic to me. So even though my company would like me to promote every piece of content, every new event, I do it if I feel that it's going to serve my audience. Because the last thing I want to do is tarnish my reputation as a person. So if I'm posting gone content, it's because I believe in it truly. And I think it will serve the audience that I'm engaging with and interacting with most. Of course, I want to uplift the brand and the company that I'm representing, but it has to be authentic. And there's several prompts that they'll even share, right? But I always make it my own. I always speak in my voice because I want it to be a seamless experience when I'm representing myself because it's not, you know, Gong's profile. It is still my profile that I'll be owning long, you know, and later on if I'm, you know, further down and maybe somewhere else. So it has to be something that I truly believe in. And I'm thankful that I'm not in a position where I'm censored to be a certain way to best fit the company's needs. Yeah, I've kind of talked about this before, but I think it's kind of like that brand is is renting your profile and like your brand that you've built up for yourself. Like no one's going to work at these companies forever. It's not like the old days. And I use the example of my mom working for Raytheon for like 40 something years. Like, wow. Like, yeah. It's like, like I, I change jobs every couple of years. One, sure. because like, I just don't feel challenged anymore. Right. I can't grow. Like, but no yeah. one's staying at companies. Like even like five years at a company now is considered a long time, right? Oh, hundred percent. I think too, I'll be really interested to see, and I think you will, uh, will be as well, but you know, when you're signing that contract to to enter a new job, I think, Nick, that professionals like you and me are going to have more of an opportunity to actually, you know, really impact what that contract looks like based on what we've been building up for ourselves. Because you're right, they are renting and benefiting and that we're not currently tying any attributions or revenue streams to that. So I do think that this is a space where creators are for the first time in a really long time having a lot more skin in the game and ownership. So I think that we're going to see that probably plays into what, you know, offers look like in the future as well. It's such a good point because I've thought about that and I was just like, you know, is it going to get to the point where, and I feel like it already is, like the creator is more impactful than the employer in a lot of cases. And like, I do... I wonder if there's people in B2B, and I'm sure there is, that have had the opportunity to basically say like, hey, I'm bringing this size audience, your exact ICP to the table. I want to negotiate XYZ because I'm bringing this to the table. And maybe it's out of their typical pay band or whatever that they would normally give a specific role, but you're adding so much extra, like it should, you should be compensated for it 100%. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, of course, no employer is going to really look to to offer that at first. So I right. think it's really going to be the content creators that get to, you know, forge what that looks like in the future. And hopefully, too, whether it's on platforms like this or, you know, in their own private networks, hopefully they'll share those experiences as well, because we're, we can only, you know, help each other in the masses here with this. And I do think that we're going to see some really cool changes in the future that employers may not be anticipating quite as much. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 
I want to talk about something that I know is near and dear to your heart, which is community. I know for me, community, I've been in lots of communities over the years. Um, I know we share communities together like Peak and others. Like, Do you feel like communities plus the brand that you've built for yourself, like, do you think it all plays together into like that, like a larger piece versus you just kind of going off and doing your own thing? Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of how you build that personal brand credibility. I think if it's too self-serving, right, then it's it appears that way to the outside. So I think, you know, you have your own community as well, which I, I love and I'm happy to be a part of. But you are a part of so many other communities as well where you're freely offering advice all the time. So it's not, I don't think, you know, your end game to bring everybody back to maybe your domain as an example. But yeah, I think that that's really, it's core to me that I, like community to me is not just a word. It's how I live my life. And that is, I'm very intentional about which communities I take part in because of that, because it's, it's just too crucial to me that I show up authentically and in a way that, you know, the same way I want to be treated, I want to treat others as well. Yeah, I love that for sure. It's, I feel like it's something where we've all leaned a lot into them, especially like with every, I mean, I've been remote for like eight or nine years. So like, I feel like it's something that I've always like leverage other communities, but I feel like I've learned a ton, both professionally and personally, because again, it goes back to your, your network. You're still networking. It's the same thing with like LinkedIn and TikTok and Twitter. Like you're networking to set yourself up for future success. Yeah, 100%. And it's so funny that you mentioned that remote piece because I have too for the past decade, always been remote, predominantly like by myself or the rest of the company isn't remote. And it is interesting, this push in 2020 when that happened, None of that felt foreign to me. Finding communities where I could interact with people because I wouldn't see them at a trade show wasn't a new motion. So yeah, I would encourage people to seek out. There's tons of communities to, you know, go through, um, but seek the ones out, I think, where you know that people are intentionally reaching out to each other, not just within the community platform, but in other areas as well. And those are the type of communities that I believe are really fostering genuine connection and genuine relationships and err more on the side of action versus just have be treating it as another revenue stream. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely agree with you there. So I want to, I want to ask you, you know, now that you've been posting, uh, you know, quite often on LinkedIn, loving it, like TikTok, like who are two to three people that you feel like you learn from that has helped you? be better in the content that you create, which hopefully helps you be better in life as well. Yeah, well, not to toot your own horn, but you're certainly one, Nick. Um, Thank you. Now, I think that you're very authentic and you have, you know, a much bigger following than I do. And so your name gets brought up even more frequently, I think, in other forums or podcasts. And I've been very impressed with the way you respond to some things, you know, particularly when it's maybe somebody that's using an opportunity to be critical of you and you don't shy away from it. You don't hide away from it and you don't take that same angle back. You kind of just wear this badge of armor and you're still just genuinely authentically, hey, it may not be for everybody and that's okay. I still stand for what I said originally. So that's inspired me to keep being my true self uh, because when that happens to me, it inevitably will. I really have admired you for that. And I've never shared that with you directly, but you're one of those people that it's not just the content. It's how I see other people 
responding to people talking about your content or how I see it, you know, good and not so good. So I definitely have looked to you for, oh, great. He's still being a genuine, authentic person and still standing his ground and not getting intimidated by whoever is, you know, using the opportunity to to disagree with you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's uh, so what a great way to what's today, Wednesday, great way to make me feel good on a Wednesday. So I want to go back to because I know we're coming up on time, but I want to ask you a few more questions around like, what's the future for Karina? And like, so you're on TikTok now, you're making videos, you're feeling great. It's awesome. Like, where's the future? Like, are you are you on Twitter right now? I'm not. And I actually reaffirmed for myself again last night. No, I do not want to be on Twitter. There is some just aversion to it I've always had that I'm going to remain to have. (laughs) But yes, I think, you know, TikTok is one where I get the content stream. Like it's addicting. It's fun. It really lightens my mood a lot and I get educated by it. So I'm I'm actually on the platform to challenge myself to see how I can be a better content creator because those are the best ways to engage is to entertain and then hopefully you're informing in the process as well. But that's, I am being really mindful and thoughtful about where I want to spend my time. You know, I think burnout is something that I'm continuously facing and wanting to balance and making sure I'm giving the appropriate amount of time to everything I've committed to professionally and personally. But I am thinking about how I can evolve myself to be something that I don't think quite exists today or is just starting to form as far as, you know, what my title is or what my position is. And I'm not waiting for anyone to kind of offer that up for me. I'm just trying to experiment and see what feels and continuously feels most uh, authentic to me. But I kind of went on a long-winded answer there. But yeah, experimenting and kind of removing those barriers that I once put on myself. I once said I have to get this title and get to this size company and experience this type of offering. And that's not really true to me. I think things are pretty limitless, even if a little bit painful. So I'm removing those original thoughts and barriers that society and certainly the workforce wants to put on us and experimenting with what I think is going to get me to ultimately where I will feel most free and empowered. I love that. That, that Honestly, that's the reason that I changed my title. and was just like, this is what I want to do. Like, it's it's funny because like, everyone's probably getting hit up by all these recruiters. Literally, you know how many recruiters have come into my inbox in the last like, probably three months, like one. Literally, I think like, it's so weird. I don't know if people think like, I'm just like, you're just not getting that filter anymore. Yeah, no, I'm not. I don't know. It's it's weird. Well, Uh, It's actually, you know how much I supported that move for you. It's really authentic. It's truly hitting on your strengths and your skill sets and what you're offering your company and their customers. But that's kind of what's sad about a lot of these constructs is that you're probably just not getting it because you're just not hitting those ad filters, right? And that's the power of, you know, being mindful about how you go and attack anything is if something is limiting you, you're going to need that human intervention because, of course, there's companies out there that want to be making sure they're hitting, you know, you out for these opportunities. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one another question that I had that I feel like we didn't really cover as much, but I'm interested is like, what does your your workflow look like from like a content creation standpoint? Like, okay. 
Yeah, because like I'm, I'm interested in like, do you write stuff down? Do you just jot down ideas? Do you just post whenever you have a thought? Like, what is that yeah. like for you? Yes, I, I don't know how scalable this will continue to be, but I do jot down ideas when I have them. I have currently notes on my laptop, on my phone, and there's folder by TikTok or LinkedIn or, you know, specific themes or our brands. And it's always in the moment. I will sometimes go back and refine and tweak and add later, but I would say 95% of the time, you're getting my real-time thoughts and creative ideas in the moment. And the way I'm able to get to those, though, is because I'm constantly engaging with content. So I'm constantly listening to different podcasts, reading different books, watching different television shows, getting out to different events. So I'm diversifying. I mean, even what I do in my spare time, I'm I'm an aerial circus artist. So that alone, like it's just all these creative streams are running through my head. And I do find that often in different disciplines, I make connections and then I just will jot it down. And typically I will get that post up on LinkedIn within the hour or that TikTok video up within the hour. But I think I'm only able to create content like that because I'm constantly exposing myself to different types of mediums and content. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. That's it's incredible. It's I feel like that could be scalable, honestly, for you um, and for others. I know other people are doing similar stuff with that, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see, and obviously we talk regularly, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how that kind of progresses further for you. I'm interested. All right. So another question that I just had, what are your thoughts? And I know we've talked about this before, like off the air and just on LinkedIn, but like, what are your thoughts on B2B using or paying content creators to create content for their brands, but not like, like for the corporate handle, like you would post it on your own personal page, but you would be right. getting paid for doing this. Like, what are your thoughts on, on the rise of that and kind of how it will play a piece for content creators? I think that it is incredibly smart of the, a brand or company to want to take that angle. People buy from other humans and they buy from other humans that they trust. So inevitably, that's a, a fantastic strategy to go about. This is very new for B2B. And so a lot of the learnings I think that both the creator and then the contractor are taking are from B2C. And I think we actually have a lot of opportunity, of course, for marketers as well. Like this is our bread and butter. We've created campaigns and content streams like this all the time. So we have so much more expertise to bring to the table, actually, than I think B2C content creators. So this is something that I'm, you know, interested in learning more about and seeing what this rise does look like. But I would encourage any marketer that is exploring or interested in pursuing something like this with a brand for themselves to just reach out and ask and plant a seed and see what might be on the brand's radar and what would make most sense for you. Again, content creators, we have so much more opportunity to shape what we want these experiences and engagements to look like than we realize. And I really do think that the brands and companies are leaning and looking to content creators to see what that looks like. So we really have an opportunity to shape what the future of this type of engagement could look like. I think too, it'll be interesting to see how 
we kind of form some type of guidelines or standard norms. This is something that is not strange to me as an aerial artist. There are no organization, there are no countrywide norms or regulations, period. So it puts so much more pressure on the individual artist and coach to make sure that they're establishing what good looks like and what best practices and safeties measures are. This is a lot more extreme, right? Because you're talking about your life and students' lives a lot of the times. But this idea of it being a green field and green landscape is not foreign to me. And it'll be interesting to see how the content creators work collectively to kind of set best practices and standards to keep individuals who are just entering the space like safe and secure and financially compensated correctly. So again, it'll be interesting. And I think we're just kind of starting to see what that might look like for P2B. But I would encourage marketers to know that the onus is really on us to shape it and make it best for us and future uh, content creators as well. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And honestly, it was a fantastic way to like, I'm glad I brought that back because I was worried that I was going to forget that question. But <laughs> it was a great way to end that that piece of that conversation. So all right, Karina, where can people go to find you? Where should they connect with you? Where can people go to learn about Gong? Like anything that you want to plug here, feel feel free. Awesome. LinkedIn, I am always on there. Karina Owens, C-O-R-R-I-N-A. Uh, additionally, I am exploring TikTok, so would welcome all your critiques and suggestions. Uh, my handle is featuring underscore Karina. And then I'm very passionate about community, as we talked about, and I'm thrilled to be part of Women in Revenue, which is a subset of Gong community. It is free for all to join. You do not need to be a Gong customer. We are really focused on creating a safe space for women in revenue to connect, share, you know, I like to call it group therapy sometimes, but it's a really great way to connect. And we are really trying to foster a really safe environment, particularly for women. So please feel free to reach out to me on any of those mediums to connect and learn about that more. Go to gong.io for anything you would like from Revenue Intelligence. We have some incredible events coming up. We are taking the show on the road for the first time since 2020. So a lot of exciting stuff to come, but always happy to connect and always happy to learn more from you guys as well. Amazing. Well, Karina, thank you so much for joining me. Again, you are someone that brings your whole authentic self onto every engagement that we've ever been able to, to talk about before. So thank you. And I can't wait to share this episode with everyone. Thanks, Nick. Really appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Rep Your Brand. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you learned something new today, it'd be great if you left us a review. We'll catch you next time.